0: Section 45 of Heimskringla, by Snorri Sturlason, translated by George Pope Morris and iriker Magnuson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Story of Olaf the Holy, Part 16, Chapter 226 through 240 chapter two hundred and twenty six king olaf's dream but when king olaf had done arraying his host then were the bonders come nowhere nigh as yet then said the king that the whole host should sit down and rest them and king olaf himself sat him down and all his host and they sat at their ease he leaned back and laid his head on the knee of Finn arneson then sleep ran over him and that was for a while then they saw the heap of the bonders how their host sought on to meet them and had set up its banners and the greatest multitude of men was that then Finn roused the king and told him the bonders were making for them and when the king awoke he said why didst thou wake me Finn, nor leave me to have my dream out Finn answered thou wouldst not be dreaming such as that it should not be more due for thee to wake and be ready for the host that fareth upon us or dost thou not see now whereto the bonder crowd hath gotten the king answers they are not so near yet as that it were not better that i had slept then said Finn, what didst thou dream king whereof thou deemest it so mickle amiss that thou shouldst not wake up of thyself then the king told his dream he thought he saw a high ladder and that he walked up the same up aloft so long that he deemed he saw the heavens open and even thither the latter reached and i was even then come to the topmost rung when thou didst call me finn answers to me nought seemeth the dream so good as thou deemest it for i am minded to think that this forebodeth thee for fay, if that which came before thee were aught else than mere dream fooling chapter two hundred and twenty seven the christening of Arnliat jellini it befell again when king olaf was come to sticklestead that a certain man came to him but this was not wondrous in so far that many men came to the king out of the countrysides there but it was deemed for new tidings whereas this man was unlike unto other men of them who had come to the king as then he was a man so high that none of the others were more than up to the shoulder of him he was a very goodly man to look upon and of fair hair he was well weaponed and had a full fair helm and a ring burning and a red shield and was girt with a fair wrought sword he had in hand a gold inlaid great spear the shaft whereof was so thick that a good handful it was this man went before the king and greeted him and asked if he would have help of him the king asked what was his name and kindred and whence of lands he answers i have kindred in iamt land and helsing land i am called Gelini, and that most i can to tell thee that i gave some furtherance to those men of thine whom thou sentest to iamt land to crave scat there and i handed over to them a silver dish which i sent thee for a token that i was willing to be thy friend then asked the king if arnliot were a man christened or not but he said this of his troth that he trowed in his might and main and that belief hath served me full well hitherto but now i am minded rather to trow in thee o king the king answered if thou wilt trow in me then thou shalt believe in what i teach thee thou shalt believe this that jesus christ has created heaven and earth and all men and that to him shall fare after death all those who are good and who believe aright Arnaud answered i have heard tell of the white christ but i am not well learned in his doings nor where he ruleth so i will now believe all that thou hast to tell me and i will leave all my matter in thine hand then arnlyt was christened and the king taught him as much of the faith as he deemed was most needful and arrayed him to the vanward battle array and before his own banner there too were gauk thorir and Afrafosti and their fellows chapter two hundred and twenty eight of war gathering in norway now is to be told the tale that was dropped afore that landed men and bonders had drawn together an host not to be dealt with in battle so soon as they heard that the king had fared from the east from garthrealm and was come to sweden and when they heard that he was come from the east to iamtland and that he was about to fare from the east over the keel to verdale they brought the host into thrandheim and there gathered together to them all the folk fane and thrall and so fared up to verdale and had there so great a gathering that no man who was there had ever seen so great an host gathered in norway but there it was as always will be in so big an host that the company was all diverse there was a mickle of landed men and a great crowd of mighty bonders but there was also the whole heap of villines and workmen and they made the main host which had been gathered together in thrandheim but that host was most fierce in foeship against the king chapter two hundred and twenty nine of bishop sigurd king canute the rich had laid under him all the land of norway as is afore and therewithal had set earl hakon up for a ruler there he gave the Earl a court bishop named Sigurd, a Dane by kindred who had been with King Canute for a long time. That bishop was a man masterful and pompous of speech. He gave King Canute all the word-propping he might, and was the most unfriend of King Olaf. That same bishop was with this host, and oft would speak to the bond of folk, and egged on Mikkel the uprising against King Olaf chapter 230 the talk of bishop sigurd now bishop sigurd spoke at a certain house thing whenas was a mickle throng and thus he took up the word here is now come together a great multitude of folk so that in this poor land might by no chance ever be seen a greater host of inlanders now this strength of men should stand you well instead for now is need enough thereto if this olaf is yet minded not to lay by his harrying of you when he was yet but a youth he became wont to rob men and to slay and hereto fared he wide over lands and at last turned hither toward this country and began his business by becoming the greatest unfriend of those who were the best men and the mightiest such as is king canute whom all are bound to serve to their best and he set himself down in his scatland the same wise he dealt too with olaf the swede king and the earls svein and hakon he drave away from the lands of their birthright and yet to his own kin he was grimmest of all in that he drave away all the kings of the uplands yet that was well enough in some way for they had already broken their faith and oaths to king knut and backed this olaf up in what folly soever he took up now meetly sundered their friendship he maimed them and took to himself their dominion and thus voided the land of all men of dignity but thereafter ye must be wadding how he hath dealt with landed men the most renowned of them are slain and many have become land waifs before him he hath also fared wide over this land with robber flocks burnt the country sides, and slain and robbed the people or which of the men of might will be here who hath not sore wrongs to avenge on him now he fareth with an outland host of which the most part are woodland men and waylayers or robbers of other sort deem ye that he will be soft with you now that he fares with this rout of evil-doers seeing what deeds of ravage he did when even all who followed him let it him i call that your reed that ye mind you now of the words of king Canute, whereas he counselled you if olaf should make his way to the land again how ye should hold your freedom even as king Canute hath belight it you he bade you withstand and drive off your hands such lawless rabble and this is now to hand to go meet them and to smite down this evil folk to the eagle and the wolf and let each one lie whereas he is hewn unless ye will it rather to drag their carcasses into holt and warn but let no man be bold enough to bring them to churches for all these be but vikings and evil doers and when he had made an end of this talk men gave it a mickle cheer and they all said yea to doing as he bade chapter 231 of the landed men the landed men who were come there together had their meeting and talk and outspeaking and then ordered the array of the battles and who should be captain over the host then said kalf the son of arni that herrick of theauta was best fitted to become the chief of this army for he is come of the kin of harald hairfare and the king has against him a right heavy grudge for the slaying of Grankel, and he will sit under the most of evil dealings if olaf should once more come to his might moreover herrick is a man much proven in battles and a man all eager for renown eric answers that those men were better fitted for this who then were in the nimblest of their age but i am now says he an old man and a tottering and nowise well meet for battle withal there is kingship betwixt king olaf and me and of howsoever little worth he counts that to me yet it beseems me nowise to thrust me forth in this unpeace against him more than any other man in our flock but thou Thorear, Art well fitted to be the headman in holding battle against King Olaf, and grievance enough hast thou against him. Thou hast to avenge on him loss of thy kinsmen, and this, moreover, that he drave thee into outlawry from all thy goods, and thou hast behight King Canute and thy kinsmen withal that thou wouldst avenge Aspiorn. or deemest thou that a better chance of Olaf will be given thee than that which now is for avenging thee of all that mighty shame thorir answered his speech i trust myself not to raise up banner against king olaf or to become chief over this host here have the thrantan folk the most throng of men and i know their pride that they will not obey me or any other man of Hologaland. but there is no need to call to my mind the wrongs whereof i have to pay olaf i mind me of that loss of men how that olaf has cut off from life four men all of them noble of honours and kin aspjorn my brother's son thorir and griotgard my sister's sons and their father Olver, and i am in duty bound to avenge each one of them now this is to tell of me that i have chosen out eleven men of my house, Karls, they who are briskest and i am minded to think that we shall not haggle with other men as to dealing in blows with king olaf if we shall get us the chance thereof chapter two hundred and thirty two the speech of Kalf, son of arni then Kalf arneson took up the word this need we in the work which we have taken up not to make it a fool's errand now that the host is gathered together we shall need something else if we are to give battle to king olaf than that each one back out of undertaking the trouble for well, we may be fast in this mind that though king olaf have no great host beside that which we have yet there is the leader dauntless and all his host will be trusty for fight and following but if we now be wavering at all who should be most chiefly the leaders of our host and if we will not put the host in heart nor egg it on nor lead it to the onset then forthwith in a many of them that be faltering the heart will fail them and then each one will be looking to himself now albeit a mickle host is here come together we shall none the less come into such a trial when we meet king olaf with his host that worsting shall be certain for us unless we the captains be ourselves keen-hearted and the whole throng fall on with one accord but if this come not about then would it be better for us not to risk battle and then will our choice be deemed easy to see that we risk the mercy of olaf howsoever hard he was then thought when there were less guilts against us than he will now deem there be and yet i know that such men are arrayed in his host that i shall have the chance of my life if i will seek for it now if ye will as i will then shalt thou Thorir, my brother-in-law and thou herrick go under the banner which we shall all upraise and follow after be we all hard set and keen about this reed we have taken up and lead we on the host of bonders in such wise that they find no flutter of fear in us and that will stir up the folk if we go glad to the arraying of the host and the egging on of it and when kalf had done giving forth his errand they all with one consent turned them to his reed saying they would have all things even as kalf should deem best for them so they all willed that kalf should be captain of the host and should order each one into what company he would chapter two hundred and thirty three concerning landed men bearing banners kalf set up his banner and arrayed thereunder his house. housecarls and therewith herrick of theoda and his folk thorir hound with his following was in the onward breast of the array before the banners and there on either side of thorir was a picked company of the bonders of all that was briskest and best weaponed that array was made both long and thick and in that line were thrandheimers and Halogalanders, but on the right-hand side to this array there was set another such and on the left hand from the main battle was the battle of the men of Rogaland, hordland sagan and the firths and they had there the third banner chapter two hundred and thirty four of thorstein shipwright there was a man named thorstein shipwright he was a chapman and a great smith and a man mickle and strong exceeding eager-hearted in all things and a mickle slayer he had fallen into the king's enmity and the king had taken from him a cheaping ship a new and big one which thorstein had made that was for thorstein's brawlings and for a thane's weir gild which the king had against him thorstein was there in the host and he went forth before the line of war where stood thorir hound and spoke thus here will i be in this company thorir with thee whereas i am minded that if we two olaf and i meet to be the first to bear weapon on him if i may be standing so nigh him so that i may pay him for the taking of the ship when he robbed me of that craft which is the one only best that is brooked in cheaping fare so thorir and his folk took thorstein and he went into their fellowship chapter two hundred and thirty five of the arraying of the bonders that when the bonders had been set in battle array the landed men gave out the word and bade the folk give heed to their places whereas each one was marshalled or how nigh to the banner he was set and which way from it they bade the men be watchful and swift to fall into line when the horns should sing out and the war blast come up and then to go forth in array for they had still a much long way to flit the host onward and it was to be looked for that the line should be broken on the march then they egged on the host kalf said that all men who had grief and hatred whereof to pay king olaf should go forth under those banners which should fare against the banner of king olaf and that they should be mindful then of the wrong doing he had dealt them and he says that they would never hit upon a better chance for avenging of their sorrow and to free themselves from that bondage and thraldom under which he had laid them he is now says Kalf, a blencher who fighteth not at his boldest for nowise sackless are they whom ye fight against neither will they spare you if they get the chance to his speech there was made right mickle cheer and therewithal there was a mighty great shout and egging on throughout the whole host chapter two hundred and thirty six the hosts of the king and of the bonders then the bonders flitted their host on to sticklestead whereas king olaf was before them with his host at the head of the host kalf and herrick fared onward with the banner but when they met the onset befell not right speedily for the bonders tarried the onfall whereas not all their host had come forth anywhere nigh evenly so they abode that folk which lagged behind thor hound had fared last with his company for he was to watch that the host should not slink back when the war-whoop came up and the foeman's folk were seen so kalf and his waited for thorir the bonders had this watchword for egging on their host to battle forth forth bonder men king olaf made no onfall because he waited for day and the folk which followed him but now the king and his saw where day's host was coming so it is said that the bonders had an host nothing less than an hundred hundreds of men but thus saith sigbot wild unto me the woe is that the king had little gathering from eastward e'en the lord king who grasped the grip gold twined i heard that there the bonders by the half were more than he was so gat they gained that somewhat betrayed the battle's urger chapter two hundred and thirty seven the king and the bonders meet now when either host stood face to face and men knew each other the king said why art thou there kalf whereas we parted friends south and mere it beseems thee but ill to be fighting against us or to shoot death-shot into our host whereas here be thy four brethren kalf answers much fareth otherwise now king than were best beseeming in such wise didst thou part from us that need was to make peace with them who were left behind and now must each be whereas he is set but we two should yet make peace together if i might rule then said finn that is a mark of kalf that if he speaketh well he is minded to do ill the king said maybe kalf that thou willest peace now but meseemeth that naught peacefully now ye bonders are doing then answereth thorgir of kvistead ye shall now have such peace as many a man hath had afore of you and now shall ye pay therefor answered the king thou needest not be so eager for our meeting for nowise shall victory over us be fated for thee to-day whereas i have raised thee up to might from a little man Chapter two hundred and thirty eight The beginning of the Battle of Sticklestead therewith came Thorir Hound with his company and went forth before the banner and cried out forth, forth bondermen, and the bondermen let out the war whoop and shot both arrows and spears. And then the king's men set up the war whoop, and when that was over they egged each other on as they had been taught to do before, and said forth forth Christ's men, crossmen, king's men and when the bonders heard that even they who stood out in the wing they cried the same cry as they heard these call out and when the others of the bonder host heard this they thought that these last were the king's men and bore weapons upon them so that they fought between themselves and many men fell before they were where how it was Fair was the weather and the sun shone in the clear heaven but when the battle began the heaven was besmitten by redness and the sun withal and before it cleared off it grew murk as night now king olaf had arrayed his folk whereas was a certain bent and they plunged adown upon the battle of the bonders and gave them so hard an onfall that the line of the bonders bent before them so that there stood the breast of the king's array whereas they had had their stand erewhile who were hindmost in the host of the bonders and at this, while much of the bonder host was ready to flee, but the landed men and their housecarls stood fast, and a right hard brunt then befell, so says Sigvat. Wide must the field with feet din to men was band the peace tied, the burney clad betook them into hot brunt of battle when they that ply the bow draft helmed, rushed down all early and mickle was the steel storm at sticklestead befallen the landed men egged on their host and thrust on hard to onset thereof sigvat telleth: now ferried forth the banners in the mid-host of the thrandmen there nimble men were meeting that work the bonders rued them then set on the bonder host from all sides they hewed who stood the foremost but they who w- there were next thrust with spears but all those who were further back shot spears or arrows or hurled stones or hand-axes or shaft flints and soon there befell a battle man scathing and much folk fell on either side in the first brunt fell arnliot Gauk, Thorir and afrafasti and all their company but each had slain his man first or two or some more then grew thin the array before the king's banner so the king bade thord bear forth the banner but he himself followed the banner and that company withal which he had chosen to be anigh him in the battle and those men were the aldermost of daring and the best arrayed in his company thereof telleth sigvat i heard that my lord for the most part went nighest of his own banner the staff before the king rushed enough the stour was toward when king Olaf went forth out of the shieldberg and into the vanward of his battle and the bonders might look into the face of him then they were filled with dread and their hands dropped this sigvat telleth for throwers of flame of spear-pond was given to look Meseemeth into the keen set iron of Olaf brisk in battle. The herser's lord, full awful, was deemed the thrandish warfolk, they durst not look with iron into his eyes, worm gleaming. Then was a right hard battle, and the king went himself fast forth into the brunt of handy strokes. So says Sigvat, the men's host shield in hand there reddened the swords all gory in warrior's blood where fell they on the dear king of the people and the king in iron play eager let the red-brown sword be seeking the meadows of the hair-path of the dwellers of upthrandheim chapter two hundred and thirty nine the fall of Thorgeir of kvistead then fought king olaf all dauntlessly he hewed on thorgeir of kvisted a landed man who is aforenamed athwart the face and sheared asunder the nose-guard of the helm of him and clave the head below the eyes so that it nearly flew off and when he fell the king said yea is that true which i said thee thorgeir that thou wouldst have no victory in our dealings in this brunt thord smote down the banner staff so hard that the staff stood upright of itself for then had thord got his bane wound and there he fell under the banner therewith fell also thorfinn mouth and gizr Goldbrow, but on him had two men set and one he slew and the other he hurt or ever he fell himself so saith temple garth reft the ash-tree of the battle the bold one in the steel rain with two brisk thanes had war din. uproared the flame of the high one the plunger in bow's river hewed fray of the dew of drow near a bane stroke and another wrought wound for steel he reddened then it was as is said before that the heaven was clear that the sun vanished from sight and it grew murk as says sigvat for not a little wonder men deem it when unclouded was the sun yet had no warming for the njortings of the shroud-horse on the day-tide fell great portent when its fair hues the day gat not from east away then heard i how it went the lord king's battle at this nick of time came up day the son of ring with the host he had led and fell to arraying his battle and set up his banner but because that mickle was the murk their onset was not speedy whereas they knew not surely what might be before them howsoever they turned thither where before them were the men of Rogaland and hordland now all these haps fell at one and the same time though some happened a little before or a little later chapter two hundred and forty the fall of king olaf kalf and olaf are named two kinsmen of kalf the son of arni who stood on one side of him nicklemin and valiant kalf was the son of arnfin the son of arnmod and brothers son of arni the son of arnmod on the other side of kalf arneson went for thorir hound king olaf hewed on thorir hound right across the shoulders the sword did not bite but it seemed as if dust flew out of the reindeer skin hereof tells Sigvab. The bounteous king, most clearly himself, found how the wise work of the witchcrafty Fin folk saved the big fashioned Thorir. When the scatterer of the fire of the massnop smote the shoulders of hound, and the sword gold broidered blunted, would bite in no wise. Then Thorir smote at the king, and sundry blows they gave and took, but the sword of the king bit not whereas the reindeer skin was in the way yet was thorir hurt in the hand as again sigvat sings the wealth pine taunting thorir owns not the soothful valor of hound from home that wot i who e'er saw deeds were dowdier the thrott of the storm of thwart garth of the fight shed he who thrust him forth on there dared to hew back at one who was a king man the king said to biorn the marshal smite thou the hound whom iron will bite not biorn turned the axe in his hand and smote with a hammer thereof and the blow took thorir on the shoulder and was a full mighty blow and thorir staggered thereat and in that same nick of time the king turned against Kalf and his kinsmen and gave a bane wound to olaf a kinsman of Kalf then Thorerhound thrust a spear at biorn the marshal and smote him in the midst and gave him a bane wound then spake thorir thus bait we the bears thorstein shipwright smote at king olaf with an axe and the blow struck the left leg and nigh the knee and above it Finn arneson smote thorstein down forthwith but at this wound the king leaned him up against a stone and threw away his sword and bade god help him then thor hound thrust a spear at him the thrust came on him below the birnie and ran up into the belly then kalf at him and that blow took him on the left side of the neck but men are sundered on the matter where kalf gave the king the wound these three wounds the king got towards the loss of his life but after his fall then most all the company fell which had gone forth with the king biarni goldbrow Scald sang this on kalf the son of Arning fight nimble thou by battle didst ward the land gainst olaf thou darest the king most valiant that say i i have heard of to sticklestead deed mighty thou wentst forth rushed the banner forsooth thou gavest onset till the valiant king was fallen and of biorn the marshal sigvat sang this eke heard i that erst Bjorn Learned marshals truly, what wise twas due to hold liege fealty, he too was in the onset, he fell in the host of battle at the head of the king, fame wealthy that death is all bepraised amongst the faithful men, King Warding End of the story of Olaf the Holy part sixteen. Chapter 226 through 240